0: What is it, drugs?
1: Blood draws are not necessary for children that you find on the side of the road in this universe. No, I'm going to have an aneurysm. This show is so upsetting to me. Hello
0: and welcome to Pass the Hot Sauce, a Roswell podcast. I'm Aliza Ora.
2: I'm Lisa Abigail.
1: And I'm Lorena Rose. We're here to talk about every episode of the 1999 WB series Roswell, one episode at a time and spoiler-free. Today, we are discussing Season 1, Episode 8, Blood Brother.
2: According to IMDb, this is the one where Alex, who knows nothing about the aliens, is shocked and suspicious when Liz and Isabel say they need a sample of his blood. This episode was written by Breen Fraser, who used to write for Alias and now writes for Criminal Minds, and Barry Pullman, who wrote a couple Twin Peaks episodes and also wrote a TV movie starring Kevin Sorbo as Hercules. The episode was directed by David Nutter and originally aired on the 24th of November, 1999, which was the day before Thanksgiving that year.
1: Oh, and on my DVDs of the show, David Nutter provides commentary for this episode, so I have some fun little extra tidbits for everybody while we're talking today.
2: Yay! Ooh. So we open in the one hallway of West Roswell High School, (laughs) the one and only hallway, Where Max and Liz's fourth period teacher is absent, so they just leave school.
1: You know what I noticed right off the bat? There was no diary. No diary, but we
2: do get a voiceover.
1: Yes, we do. (laughs) About 30 seconds later.
2: (laughs) So I was wondering why this school doesn't have substitutes. Is it because things with Topolsky went so terribly when she was pretending to sub for (laughs) geometry that they were like, never again. Just cancel class. No more substitutes. Don't send them to study hall. Just whatever. (laughs) So where do Max and Liz go? They go drive around the highway because they are totally over this whole avoiding each other thing that they keep pretending that they're doing.
1: Yeah, all of a sudden they're like, oh, I guess we love each other and we want to spend every second together.
0: Also, it's a highway that Liz has never seen before, because it's an old highway, even though she's been living in Roswell forever, and it's not that big of a place.
1: Yeah. Yep. She's like,
2: wow, this is pretty. Yep. It's just, I think it's one of those things where just like time doesn't work in Roswell, geography doesn't work in Roswell, <laughs> which is why the Valentes are always living in a new house, because the yep. old one just like disappears overnight, or just gets up and walks somewhere else and changes its entire architectural structure. It's a thing. It's totally a thing. Don't worry about it. Alien powers and whatever. And so the song that l- describes Liz's entire soul is called You Make Me Feel by Jeremy Toback or Toback. Have you all ever heard this song or heard of this song? I had no. no idea what it was. Not at all.
1: I think that all of the songs that were put in for the DVD release and stuff are just totally random. Like... No,
2: this is the song that is in... This is the one that I found in all the old websites. Like, this is the oh, song okay. that they're talking about. Cool.
1: Still haven't heard of it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep. There are a bunch of songs in this episode that they were like, oh, this song and this song. And I was like, I don't know any of those songs.
1: Well, one of the things that the director of this episode was talking about in the commentary was that he really wanted the this episode to be constantly in motion, um, both like visually and audibly. So this is like one of the... Uh, a very rare thing in TV where pretty much the entire episode has a soundtrack. You'll almost always have background music in this episode. There are like a san- soundtrack running through the whole thing, and he- the cameras are almost constantly in motion as well. Um, there's not oh. really very many just like hard shots. Like the camera's always slightly shifting or moving around because he was specifically going for that style in this episode.
2: I did notice the music. Okay, I noticed the motion because it made me nauseated. So thanks for that, <laughs> Dave. And then, yeah, I noticed the music and I thought it was awful. Aliza, well, what did you think?
0: Oh, I just noticed it okay. that it was there <laughs> Great. and a little too dramatic and mm-hmm. sometimes giving off the wrong
2: idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found it intrusive. I thought it took away yeah. rather than adding something to the scenes. Yeah. And I
0: I wonder if it's the same music that we're hearing than was, that was, you know, the music that was chosen.
1: Yeah, probably the score is the same, even if the, if the right. pop music is different. But yeah, I mean, he was going for a specific thing. So it was intentional whether or not we liked it. <laughs>
2: Well, one of the things he was going for is this dramatic moment where the Jeep is just soaring through the air because dear Max, of course, doesn't want to hit this horse. And so he swerves and they just go absolutely flying. And this confirms my thought that you should not be driving around in an open air Jeep that does not conform to modern safety standards. I don't think this car is road legal. You have to have airbags. Children, airbags save lives. Always wear your seatbelts. This is very unsafe and I don't like it. You know what else is unsafe? Driving and looking only at your girlfriend in
0: the passenger seat instead of at the road ahead of you.
1: She's not his girlfriend.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> Not yet. Keep telling
1: yourself that,
0: Max.
2: Yeah, it doesn't look like they came around a bend and there was suddenly a horse there. Like, that horse was probably chilling for a while and they were just staring into each other's eyes lovingly.
0: Yeah, I mean, it did, it did you know, come into the road pretty quickly. But if he had been looking ahead of him, he maybe could have stopped more uh, or less violently.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed.
2: But luckily, he's fine. The uh, EMT in the ambulance is telling Liz, don't worry about it. And then we get this really fun, super unnecessary close-up shot of Max's chest with electrodes on it. Max's smooth, hairless chest with these two electrodes that was clearly just there because they were like, hey, girls, what's up? Like, this is the WB.
1: Yeah. yeah don't if, you
2: forget it. If that's what does it for you. God bless.
1: The director was also saying in the commentary that he um, directed a lot of episodes for ER. So he was excited Mm. to be able to bring in his like medical TV knowledge to this episode with the ambulance scenes and the hospital scenes and that some of the workers in the hospitals, some of the like extras who don't have lines were extras from ER. He brought in some of the same people. (gasps) Oh, fun. (laughs) So that they'd be good at being hospital people. (laughs)
0: I think I need to watch ER a third time because I didn't recognize anyone. But for someone with some TV knowledge or medical TV knowledge, uh, it was not all that accurate.
2: It never is. Is anything in this show accurate to anything? Uh, ER was more accurate than this. No, ER was. This show is not. Nothing that this show does is accurate to any sort of real life experience. ER was more so. As we discussed, ER at least had beeping. There was beeping. Yes. This is true.
1: They did actually shoot in a real hospital as well. It wasn't a set that they built.
2: Wait, for this episode mm-hmm. of Roswell? Yep. Okay. Well that's probably why the hospital looks totally different from the one that Liz's grandma went to, even though there's only one hospital in Roswell. That was yeah. that was the geriatric ward. Yeah. It was not. They went to the ER because they came in with the ambulance, and they came in unless there are multiple ambulance bays and multiple ERs. I it think was not. Mm. I believe there could be. In a town the size of Roswell? Mm-hmm. They have, okay. Absolutely. Great. Yep. There's like a world-renowned trauma center where you pull one vial of blood to do a trauma panel. We'll get there. Uh, <laughs> Yeah,
0: that's what I'm talking about. It wasn't just a trauma panel, but we'll get there.
1: I don't think I've ever had to give one vial of blood when I've had blood taken from me.
0: No. Um, I mean, I have if it's, like, for one, one lab,
2: right? Yeah, I do, like, when they go, when they test just my TSH, they're like, okay, one vial, and then you leave. But if they have to test two things, then they take two vials of blood because they do different tests. They don't look at your blood and, like... They're like, oh, let's figure out your gender. What? OK. And then also, like, let's do a CBC and a talk screen and all these. Like, no. We should save that. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so upset. Because I have, I do have a lot to talk about there. Great. OK. So then we're at school. Michael has been avoiding Maria. For once, Michael is in school while Max and Liz are skipping. So shout out to Michael for showing up to class. Great I job, know, buddy. right?
1: Although he is just in the halls. Maybe he's not going to class. Well, no, he tells Maria that he is late for class. And since when is he ever worried about being late for class or even showing up to class?
0: Only when he's trying to avoid someone.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) And how dare he avoid Maria in that cute little shirt? She looks adorable. How dare
1: he avoid her at all?
2: And now he's just like, oh, I don't, uh, huh, I can't talk about my feelings, I'm oh, a dude, and it's the 90s, and whatever. Look how good my hair is, like, bye. <laughs> so then she gets a phone call on her phone.
0: Let's remember that this is her phone.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: And she says, what? Max has been in an accident. You and Max have been in an accident. And Michael pretty violently grabs the phone
2: away from her. He like wrestles it away from her. Yeah, that was not cool. No. Bad Michael. So then they go to the totally different hospital from the one that Liz's grandmother was in. Mm-hmm. And then some guy comes up to Topolsky back at school and tells her that these kids are in the hospital. So the hospital, I, I guess they, they call Max's parents, and then they call the school? Is that part of their protocol? In a small town, maybe? Is this guy the
1: principal? Do I, I think don't know. I No idea. That's my guess.
2: He's the high school hospital liaison. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I'm not sure why he would be called or why he would then go tell the guidance counselor, but...
0: I do understand why the guidance counselor would be informed. Anytime there's, like, a traumatic thing or whatever, often... Guidance counselors can get involved to support kids.
2: So I guess there's no HIPAA violation because the hospital's not really disclosing anything. But should they really be telling? The hospital is disclosing the identity the identity. Yeah, the identity of a patient. Of like that's so, a HIPAA yes. violation, isn't it? Um, of so- it's it's a bad. Just don't do it unless they have a a release that's signed by whom? Max is a minor.
1: Maybe Max's mom called the school to say, one, my child will not be there because he was in a car accident. Two, why the fuck did you allow my child off campus during a school day to go driving on a country highway and be Mm -hmm. in an accident?
2: Maybe. Although I feel like if your kid's in an accident, you're just hopping in the car and going to the hospital, not taking the time to call the school and be like, please excuse Max from fifth period. Like, fuck fifth period. (laughs) Anyway, then Topolsky calls someone who answers as Control. I thought Control is her boss, but she tells them to go to the hospital, so Control is her lackey? Yeah, I was confused about that too.
0: I, it cracked me up. Just Control.
2: Maybe that's his code name. Ooh. But she called Control and asked them to send backup, which is this guy. So is Control just everyone? Yes. Yeah, I, this show, again, doesn't read the scripts of previous episodes or watch those episodes (laughs) to find out what happened. It's a good thing you're here, Lisa. No, I'm going to have an aneurysm. This show is so upsetting to me.
1: Here's something that's upsetting to me. Why are they letting Liz just walk down the halls of the hospital? Wouldn't she have mandatorily been put in a wheelchair or a hospital bed? Like She also was unloaded from the ambulance after being in this car accident, but they're just going to let her walk around in there?
0: I mean, even if she hadn't been in the car accident, like, while they're still running tests and stuff, I don't think they would let someone who isn't even family be hanging out back there.
1: Yeah. I mean, Nurse Susan tells them they're not supposed to be there, but then Michael flirts with her and then she lets them stay anyway.
2: Okay. I want to talk about that because it's disgusting, but I also Uh just want to take a minute to say that Isabel looks so good throughout this whole episode. She looks
1: so cute in her her little pedal pushers.
2: She's adorable. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so Aliza, this is where we get the one vial of blood drawn for the trauma panel. Yeah, let's talk
0: about that. Earlier in the episode, the doctor requested three things. He said a CBC, a SMA-12, right? SMA-12, and a trauma panel. CBC stands for, I believe, complete blood count. Yes, which should be part of your trauma panel, but okay. Yep, which is part of a trauma panel. I must say. And also the SMA-12, from my understanding, is um, a comprehensive metabolic panel, which includes a lot of tests of different organ functions and stuff. Each one of these is
2: like multiple different tests. They would need at least three vials of blood. So I think it's actually, I looked I looked at this, like, what is a trauma panel? And there's the thing that they go by is, like, they call it pulling a rainbow. So it's, like, six or seven different vials of blood that all have different color tops on them, which is why it's the rainbow. But, yeah, it's, like, six or seven vials. They'll also take some urine. I was going to say, it's also a urinalysis, yeah. like a
0: toxicology
2: thing. Yeah, there's a lot of things they're going to do beyond pulling one very convenient vial of blood that they then take to the blood lab, which is unlocked and fully accessible to all visitors to the hospital hmm Cool. So I also take issue with the idea that Max has never had his blood drawn before. Isabel says that they don't get sick. But you find some kids on the side of a road, and mm-hmm. you decide to adopt them. And you think, eh. I'm sure it's fine. They don't have any communicable diseases, whatever. Meningitis. What's that? Who cares? Don't worry about it. It's fine. They look healthy. We'll take them. They have never had blood drawn in their entire lives. Not even checkups or anything. Right. Not for checkups, not for like mandatory things that you have to do, like getting immunizations and stuff before you enroll in school. Nothing. They've just been skating on by.
0: Often the way to test if or to find out if people have had certain vaccinations, immunizations, like you said, is with a blood test.
2: hmm Yeah, they would, t- t- they would draw blood before they inoculate you to make sure that they're not going to somehow kill you.
1: But remember, this Roswell universe is an alternate universe. So <laughs> blood draws are not necessary for children that you find on the side of the road in this universe. Um, speaking of something else that's terrible and I hate it, this nurse. Oh, God, she's awful. She was in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers though. She yeah. was, She was no, she was in Power Rangers oh, Turbo and Power Rangers in Space, she's not in Mighty
2: Morphin Power Rangers. So,
1: I apologize.
0: <laughs> How dare you get that so wrong? So, I really
2: liked her modified Gibson tuck that she had her hair in and I was like, "Oh, what a fun nurse character." And then she is a disgusting Um, a feebophile, I believe is the word for an adult who's attracted to teenagers. It's yucky. It's really yucky. And this first little scene, I was like, oh, is Michael flirting with her? This is kind of gross. Oh, is she flirting back? I don't know. And then the next scene, she's like, call me when you turn 18. Ugh. Hard no.
1: Yeah, she's not a young nurse. She's a, I mean, maybe not middle-aged, but not young either. She's Got some fine lines and wrinkles. <laughs> He's just going to show back up to the hospital and walk into the blood lab and be like, step girl, it's my birthday. Like three years from now. Does Susan still work here? I'm looking for her. She told me to come find her. Yep.
2: So we get into the intrigue of the blood draw because Liz says they can tell male from female blood, so she can't give hers. Which, yes, they can, But is that a test that they're going to be running on it? Like, they can't tell male from female blood by just looking at it. A CBC doesn't
0: include, like, a sex test.
1: A gender panel. No! (laughs) Yeah, a gender panel. (laughs) Add that to our rainbow panel, please. But let's remember that
0: it is sex that can be tested with blood. Not gender. Not gender, of course. Right.
2: So since we need a man, cut to Alex hanging out at school
1: with his electric guitar... That guitar is sick. It is silver sparkly. He also has a whole audience. Mm-hmm. Every
2: boy in the sophomore class is hanging around trying to find out from Alex how to be more cool. Listening to him wax poetic about garage bands.
1: I should say it's every boy that is less cool than Alex is trying to find out from Alex how to be cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And Alex proves his point by getting the ladies. Yeah, he does. Hey, Maria. And then the ladies get his blood. Because you do anything for your friends. And then we get to go back to school where Mr. Control Terrible at His Job FBI agent (laughs) is back on the case. How has he not been fired yet?
2: How have none of these people been fired? Again, every single adult in Roswell... Is abysmal at their job. So really, the employment, the unemployment rate in this town should be 100%. <laughs> Every single adult, save one. Yes. Except for Milton. Sorry. Yes. It should be 99.9%, and Milton is just out there running the UFO yep. center. <laughs> yeah. Doing good work in the neighborhood. Spreading the good word yes. of the UFOs. So when Alex walks into the hospital, Liz greets him with just the most awkward. I need a favor. And then she leans right up and puts her mouth next to his ear and says, I need your blood. Just what every young person once whispered sweetly in their
1: ear. (laughs) Oh, it's not whispered sweetly in his ear. It's said at full voice, (laughs) just
2: near his ear. No, that's how whispering works. You just put your mouth closer to someone's ear and then other people can't hear you.
0: Yeah, that's
2: how that works. It's like, are we watching
0: an alien show or a vampire show?
2: Maybe both. I need
0: your
1: blood. <laughs> and it's fine because Liz volunteered at the hospital last summer and she watched nurses draw blood. So she can totally yes. do this. So she is now a
0: licensed phlebotomist. Yeah. She does not sterilize the injection site before she's ready to draw the blood. So. She doesn't know what she's doing at all. Luckily, Isabel happens to have
2: Good blood drawing powers. Yeah. Did we know? She just, like, punctures the skin with her fingers, right? With her Who powers? Knows? And just, like, sucks the blood up into
1: the vial by
2: creating a vacuum? She,
1: like, magics it out of his skin.
2: You
0: know what I would call it? It's plot powers. Yeah. Yes. You know, like, any time that we need something, as long as it is convenient for the plot.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Speaking of convenient for the plot, the nurse sees this random guy that she's never seen before just wearing scrubs and says to him, what are you doing here, medic? First of all, I don't believe that anyone in any hospital has ever just addressed someone as medic. But also, I would think in a hospital where you have somewhat regular shifts, you know a lot of the people who are working on shifts with you. And if you see someone who you've never seen before in your entire life, just show up poking around in your blood lab one day you're going to be like, who are you? Let's go maybe talk to someone in charge and find out if you work here or if you're just some schmuck who walked in off the street and is trying to steal my blood. Maybe he's a vampire. Maybe he is. Maybe there's a secret underground ring of vampires and this guy is in charge and Nurse Nasty Pants is just letting him get away with it. Yeah, because also she didn't follow up on the fact that somebody was in this space and shouldn't have been. Sure
1: didn't. She got distracted by Michael. Who somehow learned her name. Yep. Then she would have gotten in trouble for also allowing a minor Michael into her blood lab if she reported the other dude. Yeah, it's just a free-for-all
2: in this blood lab, which doesn't have a lock or keycard access or any sort of security measures.
1: And then we move on to the waiting room where everyone is anxiously awaiting for news about Max, and we still haven't seen Max's parents anywhere in sight, but they're all waiting, and Alex is fed up, as he should be. Well, Alex
2: is actually just being really nice, hanging out, waiting to see if Max is okay. He doesn't get annoyed until Liz is like, thanks for doing this thing. You can go home now. He's like, really? Like, I was hanging out, being part of the group, and then you're just like, we've used you, and now you have filled your purpose. Leave. Yeah. Yeah, she's being a shitty friend. She's being crappy to him, and then Michael is just straight up rude. Yeah. Which like I get that he's impulsive or whatever, but it seems really dumb if you're trying to keep a secret to alienate. Sorry for that word. Uh, <laughs> oh. The person who is helping you out and doesn't know your secret but knows something's up. And just saved your ass. Mm-hmm. By putting himself at risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, although maybe not of arrest, which Alex seems to think that he can get arrested for giving his blood in place of Max's. I'm not sure about that. But if he had, at least it would have given us an opportunity to see Jim Valenti, who does not appear in this episode at all, much to my chagrin. Also, so if the drug story were true, you would think that Alex, being relatively smart, would be like, hey, it's actually really dangerous for you to not tell the hospital personnel what kinds of drugs are in Max's system because they could give him something that literally kills him if they don't know what's going on.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Also, I think it was
0: funny that it didn't seem like Liz had a cover story until Alex is like, what is it, drugs? Giving her her cover story. And then she's like, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yep,
2: it is drugs. Because as we know, Liz is bad at lying. She has yeah. been consistently terrible at it from episode one. She gets better at it later in this episode,
1: though. I have notes about it. Does she? We'll talk about it when we get there. (laughs) Also, Max had a head trauma, Mm -hmm.
0: right? Supposedly on the front of his head, on his forehead. Yes. And all he has is, like, a little redness.
2: Which is maybe why the doctor just decides that he's going to cancel the MRI and overnight observation that he had planned because Max is busy and wants to get back to school. Because this teenager says, oh, I'm fine. I feel okay.
1: Yeah. I'm fine. Mom, I have a ton of schoolwork. I just want to go home.
2: What? No. No. Sorry, Max. Like, if you are having a brain bleed, that's probably going to take precedence over doing your homework, buddy. And also, is an MRI going to show, like, is his physiology that different than ours? Does he have different parts in different places? Maybe. Maybe. We don't know
1: because he's never had an MRI or blood work. Or probably an x-ray ever in his life. Maybe things would be exactly the same. Maybe they would be crazy different. We don't know. And we're not going to find out today.
2: Liz gets to meet Max's mom, and they both seem very pleased at this turn of events. Yes. Max's mom doesn't get to do anything else in this episode. So this had me thinking, are there any good adults in this show who actually get substantive roles? Because so far, the only two adults that we've seen enough of to get any sense of their personality, and even then it's very limited, are Valenti and Polsky. We don't have any adults who are actually decent people, just doing their best, except for Milton, and we really only see a little bit of him. We see almost none of the kid's parents. Yeah, right. Liz's dad, occasionally. Yeah, we know he listens to old bands whose songs in the DVD version came out a year after the show was written. (laughs) But it was fine. Yeah. Yeah, there's just, there's not a lot of good adults. You just get, like, creepy nurses and then some one-off characters and parents who just hang out in the background.
1: Well, I mean, it is a teen show. If you're 16 and you're watching the show, you don't want to see some parents.
2: I know, it's just, like... It's good to get different perspectives sometimes. So Giles plays this function really well in Buffy, for example, Mm -hmm. where he is part of the group, but he is very much an adult, and so he brings in his own worldview. And so this, it just gets to be this like echo chamber, or it's just teenagers feeding off of each other's drama. And I know it's a teen drama, and so that (laughs) makes sense, but it Mm would have been nice every once in a while to get a little bit of perspective.
1: Mm-hmm. maybe we'll get a little bit more in the future
2: yeah hopefully
1: all right and then we get to go to lunch with kyle oh wait there's a few
2: scenes first is
1: there they leave the hospital michael
2: goes to get maria's purse instead of her oh, getting yeah. it which doesn't make any sense but it's so that he can see the fbi guys and recognize one of them that's right so then they go to max's bedroom to talk about that max has a blue lava lamp that's fun The music I wrote in this, my note for this was, Michael is impulsive, Isabel is reserved, the music is awful. (laughs) And then we get an alley shot, because the show loves its alley shots. Mm -hmm. This is of Topolsky meeting Mm -hmm. the FBI guy, who is like, hey, there was a big old blood switcheroo, maybe we should look into this. There was a guy, he had brown hair, and Topolsky's like, Alex.
0: (laughs) A tall boy, oh, it's Alex.
1: And then Lorena. Then, then we go to lunch with Kyle and Alex. Yep. Mm-hmm. Where Kyle just continues to be an asshole.
2: Yeah, although I see where he's coming from with this. Like it really stinks for poor Alex, who has done nothing wrong and is baffled by this. But I get that Kyle would be suspicious if if the show did a better job of establishing that Liz and Alex were actually best friends, like they keep saying they are, even though they've never hung out and don't seem to have any friend chemistry. Um, it would make sense that Kyle would think like, oh, Liz just sent this guy over to find out what I know and if I'm going to mess up his life. Yeah. Which, of course, is not the situation. So again, Kyle's being a jerk and there's no excuse for that. But I understand his motivation here, at least.
1: And he says, you tell Liz she's not the girl I thought she was. And to that I say, she is not your girlfriend, Kyle. It doesn't matter what kind of girl you think she is, because she's not your girlfriend anymore. She broke up with you.
0: And maybe she doesn't care what kind of yeah, girl you think she, she is. she
1: probably doesn't. She's a lot more wrapped up in Max. She doesn't give a shit what you think, Kyle. Anyway.
0: Also, one thing he said during this conversation, which I found pretty weird, when Alex was trying to relate to him, be like, yeah, no one's telling me anything. He was like, oh, you're going with that whole simpatico tactic. <laughs> which, like, what? I think it's
2: something his dad says that he picked up. You know, yeah. dad was like... You and me, Kyle. We're simpatico. All right. And then we get this scene where, again, like, Max and Liz are just going out now. In the middle of the day, too. Yeah, it's in the middle of the day. Uh, presumably, these scenes all happen sequentially, which means that Alex is at school while everyone else is cutting. Yeah. Max and Liz are just, like, being totally coupley in public. Yep, yep, yep. This is where Aliza got in her one count, but it's not a real one. On our laugh count. Yep. So we are now keeping a laugh count. Stay tuned
0: for our laugh count from previous episodes. But I did count laughs in this episode, and there's a grand total of one, and it doesn't count. So I'd say zero, because in my laugh count, fake laughs do not count. People have to be actually joyful. And this
2: laugh is a particularly fake one. It is very unconvincing liz is essentially going
1: (laughs) no honey that's not a sound that humans make they're just trying to fool somebody from across the street though so
2: and she's eating ice cream it's november which is fine people eat ice cream all year but it just seemed really incongruous whatever so they go to the ufo center and i thought this was a cute thing where I was like, oh, maybe someone on this show is paying attention because the aliens that we saw in Maria's car in 285 South that her mom made are apparently sold at the UFO Center or people buy them and bring them to the UFO Center because there were a couple, couple people walking around the UFO Center who had those little green alien blow-up dolls oh, that I'm pretty sure Maria's mom
1: made.
0: Yeah. I had one of those when Ooh. I was a kid.
1: It was manufactured by Maria's mom. Yeah. Yes.
0: It was made by Ms. DeLuca senior
1: <laughs> do we know her first name right we found out her not yet not f- no we yet. in the last episode oh amy deluca yeah. yes the car is
2: registered to amy deluca yeah
1: i was like they talk about who the car is registered to i was like but i don't right, remember because we
2: didn't understand how they found out who the car was registered yes. to because they didn't ask michael if the car belonged to anyone they ran the plates yeah i know it's fine Okay, so Max and Liz go into the UFO Center to hide from the guy who, in true FBI agent fashion, thinks, oh, this got hard, I think I'll go home now. They're
1: not here. Okay, bye-bye.
2: Also, I love you can hear
0: someone saying a line, I think the truth is somewhere. I don't know where. (laughs) To which I say, I think it's out (laughs) there.
2: Yeah, it seemed like they didn't want to pay Steve Heitner or Hitner to appear in this episode. So they just had a video playing with a pre recorded generic male voice. Because there's this whole little uh, narration going on. Yeah. In the background, which, okay, whatever. It was all like very heavy handed, as this show always is, about finding out the truth. And then Maria very cutely uh, describes that guy as just so avoidable, <laughs> which, yeah, <Yep>. accurate. <laughs> and then she gets all offended when you guys act like I've never tailed someone before. Who? Who have you tailed, Maria? Because, of course, Maria has a secret life as a spy. I feel like for fun, Maria just follows people around because she's a weirdo and she's really bored. What else is she doing?
1: And Isabel looked so thrilled to be in the car with her secret lover and her secret lover's new boyfriend.
2: I know. It's really sad. Yeah. So we also then, we the, were at the motel, they're doing the stakeout, Maria's secret agent skills are totally gone, but then Liz and Max are now at school. Yeah. What
1: is the timeline on this? And wearing the same clothes... So they, like, left school to go get ice cream and walk down the street and go to the UFO Center and then went back to school. But now, Matt, Michael, and Maria, and Isabel are all cutting school.
2: Yes, and then Max says something about how he should go home, but then he doesn't because he's still there later. It's... Uh, time doesn't work in Roswell. I'm telling you, it's basically Night veil. Vale. Also, I really, I really appreciated
0: when... They're in the car and Michael and Maria are flirting and Isabel looks at them over her glasses <laughs> like an old lady librarian and is just like, I don't even remember what she said because I was too busy looking at her Does face. Did she
2: even say anything? I think she just kind of goes, ugh.
0: I think she did say something. Something like complaining about being stuck with the two of them.
1: Yeah. Also in this scene, in the director's commentary, the director said that Mahandra almost ran over the camera guy because the first oh, time no. they did the shot, she forgot to reverse back before she went forward. And she just went oh, forward no. and the camera guy is in front of the car, which is why they had to write in that part for her to reverse back on accident first. But she forgot to do that part of the script and almost ran over the camera guy, apparently, so...
0: So she, like, actually did the thing where she yes, went the wrong yes.
1: way. <laughs> Just fun little fact.
0: That's funny.
2: So when they're back at school, Liz sort of suggests that they tell Alex the truth, and Max says no. And I think in this scene and then again throughout the episode she could have done more to try to talk to max about this if alex really means that much to her and he has done them this gigantic favor he has shown that he is trustworthy that he is loyal and so i get max just i don't really get max just dismissing it but i get it more than i get liz just being like okay because we have seen before... Yeah, she doesn't try hard. No, she doesn't try hard. And she has told other people this secret before when I've been upset because it's not her secret to tell. And I don't think that that's what she should do now, but I think that she should have more of a conversation about yeah, it. Yeah, that she
1: should fight harder yeah. for Alex if she believes that, you know, that it's right for him to be involved. He's already involved.
0: And she's not really talking to Max about the position that he's putting her in. Right. That, like, you know, you're you're putting me in this place where my friend is mad at me and, like, may not forgive me for this.
2: Well, and also, again, I think it's more dangerous to have someone who knows you're hiding something but doesn't know what it is. Because that just makes them, yeah. like, Kyle, like, wanting to look into this, wanting to find out what's going on. Alex is coming from a much better place in terms of intentions than Kyle is. But wouldn't you rather have that person not be super mad at you and not kind of have it in for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's already proven he's trustworthy. Yeah, he's totally on their side. He just doesn't like the way that he's been treated, which is more than fair, because they've been crappy to him this whole series. Also, during this scene, Liz invites Max to come
0: get dinner at the Crashdown to get an excellent deal. I know. Excellent deal. A Blue Moon Burger, Saturn Rings, and a Mercury (laughs) Milkshake, all for $3.99. Which was in what, 1999? Uh, in 2019, it would just be $6.11, which is still a yeah,
1: great
2: deal. it's a bargain.
1: I imagine the Blue Moon Burger being that it has blue cheese like wrapped up in the meat patty, or at least that it has like blue cheese crumbles on top of the burger.
0: Yeah, that's a good, I bet it does. That's I don't a good know guess. what a
1: mercury milkshake is, though. Thoughts? It's just full
2: of the metal mercury, and it kills you immediately. No, it makes you go crazy first,
0: and yeah. then it kills you. I just know that's where the term Mad Hatter comes from.
2: Yes, but I think that's prolonged exposure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's probably not what it is.
1: No, I guess not. I mean, the Saturn rings are obviously onion rings, but... I don't have any ideas for the milkshake. What special flavor is it? Is it just like cookies and cream? But then I feel like it should be like a galaxy milkshake.
0: Maybe they put green food coloring in it.
1: Well, listeners, if you have any idea what a mercury milkshake would be made of, please let us know. Tweet at us or send us an email. Okay, I just Googled mercury milkshake. And I highly recommend
2: everyone do this because the first thing that comes up is a Freddie mercury milkshake, which is just a milkshake with a mustache on top of it.
0: (laughs) Oh, nice. Also, in this scene, uh, Liz does a really good job of not saying things that she means to say. So when she's like, I thought you were. And she doesn't say dead. It's just implied. I thought you were. And then also she's like, these are just the things you do when you feel a certain way about someone. Yep. As the music swells. Yep. It's like she can't actually say what she's feeling or
2: what she was scared of.
1: Sometimes saying words are hard, especially emotional words. I don't like saying them.
2: Fair. Okay, so we get then uh, the second cheap motel that Michael has dragged Maria into. Yes. Because he needs her as a lookout slash he wants to keep an eye on her. And he drags her into this motel by opening the door with his powers.
1: He's getting so good with his lock skills. I think that Maria's energy helps calm and focus him. He's getting so much better with his powers now that she's around.
0: Well, yeah, we definitely saw that in 285 South, was it? When they were inside the geodesic oh, dome. Oh, yeah, when
2: he opens the door mm-hmm.
0: because she's standing close to
2: him. Yeah, he like can't do it. And, and then she stands next to him. Try again. I'm going to go on record as hating this plotline. If that's what it is, and it's not just really uneven writing where they forget that Michael's really good or really bad at his powers from episode to episode.
1: It's Maria's emotional energy stabilizes him.
2: Why? Maria's
1: emotional energy is so unstable. But maybe that's why the two of them, their energies work well together.
0: Yeah, they complement one another. But they're
1: the same energy. Wouldn't they just build on each other and they would both just spiral out of control? Don't overthink it. They're cute together. Spiky hair and little cute hair flip and bangs. They're cute together. Leave them
2: alone. Not as cute as Maria and Isabel. This
1: is true. I mean, either way.
2: Maria's cute with everyone because she's just cute. She has great chemistry with everyone on this show. Yes, she does. She's also wearing a cute choker. Yes. Yeah, so uh, Michael is kind of just wandering around this room like a dum-dum. He doesn't really know what he's looking for. So it's lucky for him that Maria's there to be like, maybe you should look in the garbage. Maybe you should look near the phone. Maybe luggage tags have people's names on them, Michael. Any babysitter worth their salt. (laughs) But she does it. I actually appreciate she does this in a really non-condescending way. Like, she easily could have been like, hey, stupid, why are you looking at his soap when, like, there's a notepad over by the phone? She's just like, oh, well, in my experience as a babysitter, this is what I've learned. Or maybe a good idea would be to do that. She's very gentle. She guides him. Which I also think is a smart strategy with Michael, because I think if you told him what to do, he'd be like, screw you. But she's kind of like making him think it's just she's making conversation. And then he has brilliant ideas based not at all on what she said. She does throw a little jab in there when she's like, you know, yes,
0: you can learn a lot about a man through his toiletries, which you should take note of.
2: (laughs) Yes. She also, I think, sarcastically calls him Sherlock at some point. Yeah. They do find a clue in a phone number, which starts with 505, which is a New Mexico area code. At this time, it was the area code for all of the state of New Mexico. Wow. Wow. And they call the number, and who answers, but... Ms. Topolsky! (gasps) Ms. Topolsky! Dun-dun-dun! I also love
0: that Maria just took initiative and just starts dialing (laughs) the number. Which also is kind of something that Michael would do. Like, we've talked about him being impulsive and just kind of going for it when everyone's just talking about it. He likes to take action. That's what she did here.
2: Yeah. And I guess this was before caller ID, so they didn't have to worry that she would know who was on the other end and be like, oh, agent, what's your face? Yeah, they didn't have to star six, seven. (laughs) Uh, So Topolsky then at school, because we're still during the same school day somehow, and still during lunch period, it doesn't, whatever. So she continues her traditional ickiness by sitting with a student at lunch, which already seems inappropriate, and then drugging that student, which is definitely super inappropriate. And I also don't know what kind of drug there is on the face of the planet that just makes you have a nosebleed 20 minutes later. Only the FBI knows.
1: It's top secret.
2: Also, she,
0: like, caresses his shoulder as she leaves.
1: Yeah, and she's talking to him about eating marshmallows. Well, what is, is he, is that a snowball that he's eating? Is that what those are called? They're, I've. Oh, yeah, maybe. It's like a dessert, and I think it's like a cupcake wrapped in marshmallow, rolled in shredded coconut. And
2: like coconut. And they're
1: disgusting. Sorry if somebody listening likes them, but they're gross.
2: Well, in addition to being a terrible person and drugging him, she's also really heavy-handed with our um, our teacher-delivers themes. That's how you find out who your real friends are, who shows up in situations like that. Just prodding him into thinking about how Liz has been a terrible friend to him, even though he's been a great friend to her. So it's really unsubtle, but very effective.
0: She also even says to him, I must admit, I have my concerns about Max, which like is extremely inappropriate. Yep.
1: Yeah. I mean, maybe it's because she's not really a teacher or a
2: guidance counselor. But FBI agents study human behavior and the success of their job is based on how well they can read and interact with people. So whatever her job is, she is atrocious at it. So luckily for Max, Liz just so happens by at this very moment to reassure Topolsky that Max is fine, but mostly to shut Alex up before he can say anything. Mm-hmm. And then I love this moment where Alex stands up to Liz and tells her, I think the line is, if I had a therapist, they'd say that talking with you is detrimental to my mental health. And I was like, yeah, Alex, good for you, buddy. Good for you. Also, cool mention of therapy in 1999 on the TV show. So Alex uh, also thinks that Kyle is covering for Max, too, which doesn't really make sense because that doesn't fit with the way that Kyle's been acting. So I don't know why Alex would think this. It's just like everyone thinks that everyone except for them knows the truth. And I get Alex being paranoid about it, but mm, I didn't buy that. But they have to stop talking about it because Alex's nose stops bleeding, and also the books that are in that are clearly in his arm disappear, so that he can put both hands up to catch <gasps> the blood coming out of his nose, and then immediately reappear. Ooh. Oh, I did not catch that. I didn't yeah.
1: catch that either.
0: I mean, we know he's double jointed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just threw him <laughs> up in the
1: air. Touched his face
0: and then... No, he had them under his elbow. He just like oh, bent gotcha, it in a weird gotcha. way.
2: Yep. And was like, oh, okay. Yep. That must be what happened. <laughs> so it's really... I think this is so sad when he's in the bathroom and this jock guy is making fun of him. And then he, Alex just looks in the mirror and says to himself, loser.
1: Oh, I know. oh, I like, oh I know. That <laughs> made me so sad.
2: Oh, oh, Poor Alex. I just wanted to give him a hug. Yeah. I know, I love Alex. Oh, yeah. So someone needs to give him a hug, but definitely not to Polsky because she's a creeper. Yeah. Who just walks into the boy's bathroom without checking to see if there's anyone else there. Yep. So that she can pull his blood sample. And my question is, what is she doing with his blood sample? So they looked at Max's chart to see that the results of his one vile trauma panel were normal. But did they then steal the blood? Because otherwise... Okay. What are they going to do? Are they going to do a DNA test on Alex's blood, which usually takes 24 to 72 hours, and I don't know where their facility is, but they would also need Max's blood to do the DNA test on to prove that it was a different person. And if they were doing DNA tests, they could have just, like, broken into their houses as they've already done with Max and taken, you know, hair from a hairbrush or whatever. This whole thing doesn't make sense. I don't know what they're doing. I assumed
0: that they were trying to confirm... That it was Alex's blood at the hospital, and that they had gotten their hands on a vial, the vial, um, like, after the switch had been made. They would made.
2: have to do a DNA test on both of those vials of blood.
0: Yeah. Where are they doing this? They're the FBI, Lisa.
2: Yeah. I, I don't They know. have <laughs> access to just rapid DNA testing on site in Roswell. Sure. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, she has it in her office Mm -hmm. at the high school. Her
2: office, which again was redecorated for this episode, (laughs) by the way. All of the posters are different.
0: She just needed more room to do her Tai Chi. Uh
2: Uh-huh. I wonder, like, maybe she has OCD, and so that's one of her compulsions, is just Mm. like she's constantly taking down all of her posters and then putting up new ones. Seems like an expensive compulsion, though. So then we go to this cute scene where they're at the crashdown,
0: and we're quickly jumping back and forth between Maria telling... The story of what happened yes. and Michael telling his version yes. of what happened. And I love the editing, just going back and forth. And of course, each of them is telling the story as if they were the ones who discovered it and who found Although it.
1: Although Maria's, yeah, Maria's is true and Michael's is not.
2: <laughs> and he adds the great line of never trust
0: Ugh, a blonde. Gross.
2: Maria refers to Michael as Space Boy, which is the nickname that Max used for him in episode 5. Oh. Mhm. Hmm. So this nickname is spreading despite yep. the fact that Maria didn't hear Max call him that.
1: Also, I think my favorite line in the episode is in this scene where Michael says to Max, "Stick a fork in us, Maxwell. We're done." <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> it's very cute. Although I like it better when he calls him Maximilian. It makes mm. me smile. So Michael also says he recognized Topolsky's voice. He's like, I would recognize it anywhere. I'm like, honey, she said her name to you. Yeah. So you didn't (laughs) need to recognize your voice. She was like, hello, this is Kathleen Topolsky, FBI. And he was like, I know who it is. It's Topolsky. But Julie Benz does have quite a distinct voice. She does. Uh, And then in more questionable timing issues, we're back in Topolsky's office I think this is the next day now, but who knows? The school days go on for upwards of 24 hours, I can only assume. Alex, I don't know what he says he has in a few minutes. Did you guys catch this? I thought he said he had corral in a few minutes, and I thought that was super fun. Is it vocal corral? Oh, what is that? Oh, like, oh, like cor. Okay, that makes more sense. Like yes, I was thinking like cowboy corral. Like Golden Corral. (laughs) Or
0: or Golden Corral,
2: yes. Yes, Alex has restaurant industry classes in just a minute. Anyway, she has already gotten the results of the blood test back from her rapid DNA uh, machine that she keeps in her office. And she sits super Mm -hmm. close to him again because this is her standard move to sit three inches away from teenage boys to confront them. And tell Alex, I have friends, Alex. They can be your friends, too. How is this supposed to be appealing to him? And he, he kind of questions her. He kind of seems a little sketched out of, like, who are these Yeah, Yeah, wh- what does this even mean? This isn't a thing. And then she says, can any of us really be safe with Max Evans around? Which strikes me as something that she doesn't believe. And also a weird thing to say knowing that Alex doesn't really get what's going on. So why would he think that Max was a threat? I don't think she knows at this point that he thinks it's drugs, but, like, what what could he be thinking about Max that would make him feel unsafe at this point? Yeah. Doesn't make sense. It's something that she wants him to write down and sign, as though it's some sort of legal confession, Which is not how any of this works. And I also, like, again, this just doesn't seem like a good FBI tactic. You would want to interrogate the person. You would want to do it in a way where you make them feel comfortable so that they get talking. And then, you know, one thing leads to another and they're spilling information. Not, here's a piece of paper, write down everything, sign your name at the bottom. Like, that's going to make it somehow official. Because you want to make sure
0: they, like, word it the right way and that you get all the pieces of information you want. Yeah, it would be an interview or interrogation. Yeah, you're going to
2: ask follow-up questions, you're going to prod, you're going to find out where the weak parts of your story are and push on those. This is... You sound like you know a lot about this, Lisa. Well, I have common sense, Aliza, unlike anyone in this show.
0: (laughs) So when we're in the hallway, Max finally talks to Alex himself and explains to Alex that uh, Alex had saved his
2: life. But still won't tell him Why? Well, and Alex says, well, you screwed up mine, and Max is just like, okay. Okay, bye. Well, he's like, I I didn't mean to. Mm -hmm. But, like, tell him the truth or tell him a better lie, because right now you've just pissed him off. And again, let him know that there's something to know about you, which is just going to make him curious, suspicious, paranoid, angry. Yeah. And uh,
0: so Max pretty much asks Alex if he's going to tell her, right? Yeah. And Alex is like, now you know what it's like being in the dark, Max. Yeah, well,
2: Alex says, no, she told me. Like, I didn't tell her. You guys are so out of the loop that you don't realize she already knew. It's not Alex jeopardizing this whole thing. It's them jeopardizing it by being so reckless that they're leaving so many clues that even someone as incompetent as Topolsky can figure out that there's something fishy going on.
0: But I was really proud of Alex for standing up. For yes, himself. me too. Finally. like You don't have to keep letting them manipulate you and convince you to do things for them.
2: Yeah. So he goes to meet Liz at the crashdown. So this is either after school or just another time when they're skipping out for funsies. And we get this whole thing about how Alex and Liz are best friends. They've been friends since fifth grade. So presumably that, that's, what, five years. Um, And then this is just like where I was like, oh, I don't think that they sold me on this based on what we've seen of the show so far. We had an episode where Liz's grandma died, and she, Alex, I don't think was even in that episode. Mm -mm. She didn't call him. If they had been best friends, he would have probably known grandma. Maria was super excited to see grandma, but what, Alex had no relationship with her? She hasn't hung out with him a single time. Her mom even picked up on their the distance between them, but we've never seen them be actual friends. We've only seen Liz and Maria treat Alex poorly. So I didn't buy into this whole big emotional scene where Liz is just pouring her heart out because I don't believe, the way they've established the characters, I don't believe that Liz actually cares about Alex. He just seems to be a person who's there and is convenient when she needs things. Mm Mm-hmm. And then she wants him to trust her implicitly because she swears she's on the right side. But she doesn't give him anything to make him believe
1: her. So I'm kind of surprised that this works. Well, to be fair, I do think that as a plot device, they want us to not know which direction Alex is going when he first walks into Topolsky's office again. So there could be more of the yeah. conversation that's been had that we, as the viewer, are not privy to. Because the first time I sat down to rewatch this episode, I hadn't seen it in a number of years, and I completely forgot that Alex is going to be on their side, and I thought that he went in there with the honest intention to spill the beans to Topolsky. And then it wasn't until Liz called him out, uh, called Topolsky out. And he goes around to her computer that I was like, Oh, this is a plan that they have that he is in on. So yeah. there, I think there's obviously some, at least some amount of information that was shared that we, as the viewer are not seeing to like help with this little mysterious element for a couple seconds, this plot twist.
2: I don't know. Hmm. I don't know if there's supposed to be more information or just we're not sure how Alex took it. Because it seemed like the writers, the way that that scene was presented, it seemed to me like they thought Liz's speech was really convincing. And I didn't think it was.
1: But what would inspire Alex to jump on and try and hack into Topolsky's computer without That's some, my question. some more information from Liz?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that they've established that he has any good motivation to help her. She's been so crappy to him this whole time. Maybe they talk about it in the car on the way over?
0: I like to think that there was more to the conversation that we Mm -hmm. didn't hear, because why would anyone listen to her with those things?
2: So they go to school, and I can only assume that they have left school for the day, they've been gone for a little while, and then they come back to school, they're wearing the same clothes, and the goth guy that we saw briefly in... Which episode was that when they're in Future Week? Uh, Munsters. Oh, yeah, the one who wants to be the guitarist for Metallica. Yeah, or video store clerk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But he'll probably just end up at the Cheese Factory. Yes, he'll be equally happy
1: with any career that comes his way. Uh, but he's there cleaning lockers? I'm assuming he has, like, detention, and so he's scrubbing. Is that a
2: thing? Did y'all have students get assigned custodial duties for detention? I assumed it was like he had written on that locker and got in trouble for it and had to wipe off the vandalism that he did. Maybe, yeah. Maybe he was just drawing some, like, sick Metallica fan art.
1: Yeah. And you're
2: like, hey, goth kid, not cool man, come back here at 6.30 p.m. when the guidance counselor will just be hanging out alone in her office, as guidance counselors do. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so Topolsky realizes Alex doesn't know anything when he starts saying, like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, they're on drugs. And she's like, oh, crap. I this kid had something.
1: This kid doesn't know Jack.
2: Yeah. So Liz, like Lorena said, comes and interrupts her so she can talk smack about Alex. But haha, it's all part of our plan, because Alex and his gigantic wallet chain are going to do some snooping on Topolsky's computer. <laughs> yeah, the timing of it was perfect, too, because
0: she it was topolsky was saying to liz i think we can trust that alex will do the right thing and then immediate cut to alex like yes, on her yes and dial
1: up internet and,
2: and up. four letter
1: passwords are adequate
2: so to get onto her computer there's no password it's not encrypted or anything and then the internet is dialing up and asks him to set a password and it he enters his own name As the password? Oh, I assumed he he had done some kind of hacking
0: that allowed him to reset the password. To Alex.
2: Yeah. He's a sophisticated computer hacker who thinks that a good password is the name of (laughs) the person who is hacking into the computer. (laughs) But they'll
0: never find it out.
2: It's four letters. So many letters. Is this how anyone thought that hacking worked in 1999? (laughs) Had they never watched The Matrix? Me. I watched
1: the movie Hackers which, you know, was pretty similar. So there's some, like, dial-up internet. They plug their laptop computers into payphones and wreak havoc. In any case, he somehow gets to a
2: page that is just a giant logo that says Federal Bureau of (laughs) Investigations.
1: Yes, and he's downloading the FBI files.
2: And it's not even encrypted, which we know happens when you put things into the Wingdings font. They didn't even Mm -hmm. bother doing that. It's just like a big spinning logo. A moving gif of a logo. It's just there. It is placed there specifically so hackers know that they are on the right track. It's a little encouraging thing. They're like, great job, buddy. You know what? You tried hard. Here's your reward. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Also, did you guys notice that Apple was upside down on the laptop? So like they, they switched it at one point. Because now, mm-hmm. when you open your laptop, looking from behind, the Apple is right side up. But on
2: that one, looking from behind, it was Ooh. upside down. So they, at some point, they must have switched that. I forgot that. I think you see that in Buffy, too, with Willow's computer at some point. I remember seeing like the it. iBook. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. We used to have those the IMAX that had the huge colorful domes in the back. The colorful yeah. ones, yeah. Those were always the ones like Computer Lab had some older Windows computers and then they had the brand new IMAX. Ooh, You'd like run in mm-hmm. to try to get to the good new ones. Yeah. Such just <laughs> such sophisticated technology that we were dealing with. And of course it was all you would get on the computer and then you would excitedly wait through the <coughs> <coughs> Uh, Ah, kids these days have no idea the wonders that they missed out on. Is there anyone listening to this podcast, you
0: think, who doesn't remember Dial-Up? If you're listening now, please email us at roswellhotsauce
2: at gmail.com. Or uh, tweet or Instagram us if email is an old fogey thing that no one uses anymore and we just don't know. Topolsky has a fun... Little few lines of dialogue here prompted by Alex's revelation that she is an FBI agent and he knows it. She says, if you think you've just helped yourselves, you're wrong. You're playing games with something very dangerous. At which point Alex is like, why is the FBI here? And she doesn't answer him. She says, this isn't going to end just because you know who I am. I was on your side. I just hope your friend Max doesn't end
1: up in the wrong hands without me here.
2: Ooh. This is so ominous.
1: What does this mean? And then she leaves with her UFO center mug. I feel like she's
2: gaslighting them. Oh, I thought she was suggesting that. I thought she was saying, like, worse people are coming. I think that's what she wanted them
0: to take from it. But I don't. I just don't trust her. I don't know if she's telling the truth or if she's still trying to get them to trust her.
2: Yeah, but she just leaves. And so I think. I'm wondering if they're trying to foreshadow, like, There are more competent FBI agents coming, Um, but I don't know how she could be construed to be on their side in any way. Or is there another agency entirely? Mm. Or a task force,
0: Mm. perhaps?
1: Things to think about. Why does she
2: think her cover is more blown by these kids knowing than by the sheriff knowing? Does she just think they're going (laughs) to tell people and he's not going to tell people? Or did the FBI get a little ping that said, hey... Uh, some kid pulled up your little spinny FBI logo website, so the secret's out. Or I wonder if it's the fact that
0: she knows that they are going to be the ones to tell the subject of her investigation. That is like once she's made to Max is the gotcha. issue. Maybe. I also
2: thought it was interesting that she seems to be really narrowly focused on Max as the one who's not safe, the one that she needs to be focused on. Did it not occur to her that... At least his sister might also be involved in uh, this alien thing.
0: I mean, she knows Michael is. You know, she was asking tons of questions about Michael and went to his house. She seemed to be,
1: like... Maybe Isabel's just flying under the radar. Maybe. I mean, they don't look like twins. Like, like they're... Aren't they supposed to be twins? Didn't we establish that at some point? I was going to say, in the book, it specifically says that they even look like twins. So... I mean, they don't look like twins here, so maybe they're not even related. Who knows? Maybe they were just found randomly wandering down the road together, but didn't actually know each other and come from totally different places.
2: Well, we see in this episode on Max's, uh, I think it's on the blood sample or the medical chart. It must be the blood sample. His birthday is May 15th, I believe. So we'll see if we ever find out Isabel's birthday and if it's the same one. Although I don't know how they would have picked those birthdays because... I mean, that
1: might be the day they were found. I mean... Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing as my cat's birthday. It's just like a random day that the vet picked because they had to put it in his records.
2: Aww. Yeah, I know when Lyra was born because she was born on a rescue. So we celebrate her birthday and her adoptiversary every year. Oh, I wonder if Max and Isabel's parents do the same thing. They're like, today's your
1: gotcha day, kids.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know
0: if it's called a gotcha day for humans.
1: Why not? Let's go with it. Maybe. All right. Um. Well, then we've just got one little thing left in the episode, which is Alex walking out on Liz, finally. Him giving her an ultimatum and sticking with his guns. Yeah. We see Alex getting his heart stomped on and being like, so Mm -hmm. this is the
2: 19th time this has happened. I'm not going to do it anymore. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Good for him.
0: I don't get why he even helped her this last time. Like how she was able to convince him to.
1: Peer pressure.
2: But
0: I mean, the moral of the story is that Alex is a good friend and Liz is not.
1: Well, are we ready then for Hot and Saucy this week? Yes. So who are everybody's picks? Uh, I
0: thought Isabel looked pretty hot and saucy as a librarian with my imagining her as a librarian with her... Sunglasses at the edge of her nose looking down over them. I liked that. Mm.
2: My pick was Maria in that shirt from the beginning of the episode. I just really like the shirt. It looks very cute on her. And then she's super saucy and assertive with Michael when she's like, you're not going to walk away from me. You're going to stand here and we're going to talk about this. It's not okay to just avoid someone after you've kissed them.
1: Well, my hot and saucy pick is Alex at the Mm. well sort of when he talks to Max but then also when he talks to Liz at the end of the episode when he finally gets assertive and like stands his ground and he's like got a little bit of sauciness in his attitude especially with Max but I just like his him being strong and standing his ground I think so it's not
2: during the sexy nosebleed scene that's not what did
1: it for you no
0: (laughs) I almost picked Alex too when he you know when he was talking to max and saying well now you know what it's like to yep. be in the dark that w- that was my saucy pick and Isabel is my hot pick
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then um it's time for lisa's predictions so lisa um the next episode that we are going to watch is episode number nine so based on the title heat wave what do you expect to happen next I
2: expect a super cliché episode of television where it is hot and so everyone is really cranky, but they're also really sexy because that is how television works. All right. And this show is nothing if not not creative. Because, right, when you are
0: very hot, what do you want to do but touch other people who are also very
2: hot? Because skin on skin when everyone is that's why and this is true following a heat wave nine months later the birth rates are lower than normal that makes a ton of sense but not in tv land where they're just like oh here's an excuse to show people in little tank tops and shorts
1: getting sexy
2: so stay tuned for that next time folks
0: thanks for joining us for another installment of miss topolsky being really bad at her job and liz
2: being really bad at lying We'll be back in two weeks to discuss Episode 9, Heat Wave. In the meantime, join us next Tuesday for a mini-sode where we will be looking at depictions of aliens in pop culture throughout the ages. And please do subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. And I would just like to say reviews are hugely important in helping other listeners find this show, so if you have just a spare couple minutes, please leave us a review.
1: You can find our website at roswellhotsauce.com where you can find bios about your hosts as well as show notes about all of the interesting factoids and things we talked about here. You can also follow along with us on Twitter and Instagram at Roswell Hot Sauce.
0: Also, you can send us an email at roswellhotsauce at gmail.com and we would really, really love to hear from you.
2: Past the Hot Sauce is produced and edited by Ashley Hullett. We'd like to thank Mandy Veloso for her time and energy while developing this podcast. Our theme music is by David Belcourt, and our logo was designed by
1: Billy Murray. Until next time! Can any of us really be safe with Max Evans around?